This is the Five Point Play Podcast, the diehard Duke basketball fans podcast, sponsored by the Duke Blue Brotherhood Forums. We uh, we had a couple of days off, AC. You were a little bit under the weather. You feeling better? Yeah, you strength back? Yeah, man. No, uh-huh. I'm back now. Yeah, man, I, I couldn't. I wouldn't gonna be able to give it my all, man. I needed to give everybody our energy, man. So I had to. I, I couldn't, couldn't get it yeah, done. Yeah, no, we're, we're happy to, to hear that. I thought that Jack and I could have shouldered the load there, but we felt like. We gotta have the full complement of players here, right, Jack? Oh yeah, yeah, definitely. Can't can't do it without everyone. So we have a, a lot to talk about. Obviously, we got the C- CTC recap. We got the secret, not so secret scrimmage against Villanova. We're gonna talk about that. We got a game coming up for the first exhibition game against Mississippi State. We're gonna talk about our guys in the NBA. We're gonna talk. We're gonna give our final previews and predictions for uh, three players, and that'll be uh, Wendell, Paolo, and Big Mark. Uh, we got some new rankings and some new uh, preseason teams that came out. But actually, one of the stars here, uh, completely unrelated, you know what might be the most underrated Duke-Carolina game that we never talk about? Was that ACC tournament run in 2017 mm. when you had like Grayson Allen, mm-hmm. Brian Jackson, Jason Tatum. That entire comeback was nuts. Why don't we talk about that game more? It's a good question because that has one of my favorite – you know, sequences of plays where Harry Giles gets the uh, gets the block, runs it down, and then runs the floor after the bum knee all season, and then gets the alley oop. Man, that's <laughs> that's one of my favorite plays ever, dude. Yeah, same. Honestly, that play that play just showed me what Harry Giles could have been all season if not for oh. the knee injuries, man. But I don't know my 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 reasoning. Only reason I can like I think we don't talk about it as much as we should is because Carolina won it all that year. Yeah. That's my only yeah. thought, because that was an incredible game, a great comeback, and you know, Duke won the ACC. Four mm-hmm. games oh, in yeah, four we owned, days. We owned Carolina that We season. really did. That's we right. took two of three from them. Yep. And then, I mean, that was the same year where Tatum just facialed uh, your boy Kennedy Meeks. <laughs> so, <laughs> that, that one play, Love man. It. Kennedy Kennedy hates it. Uh, as he should. He's probably eating uh, uh, racing three-piece right now. From, uh, from oh, right, so. Sponsored by Joey Baker, baby. <laughs> yeah, Joey, Joey Three Piece. Um, right. So we got uh, CTC. Let's talk about that first. Immediate reactions, um, Jack, from from Countdown. Trevor Keels is legit. Like people were a little worried about what he would be. Um, I know I talked to a lot of people who thought that whether or not he could his shooting would translate to the collegiate level was going to be the key to whether or not Duke's a legitimate contender for the championship this year. It's there. Like we saw that, we saw that countdown. He was what he was like, how many, I don't even remember how many threes he missed. He made a lot of them. Um, He was able to handle the ball. He was actually running point primarily, even though he was on the same team as Jeremy the whole game. And he was able, he was able to back guys down and just get some nice little mid range fade Dirk style jumpers. I was impressed with Trevor Keels more than anything. That was my biggest takeaway. Uh, Jalen Blake's also plays hard. That's something I was really excited to see. Like like I've said on here before, this is the guy who is what we wanted Demarcus Nelson to be when he came to Duke about seventeen years ago. At this point, um, I'm really I'm just excited. I honestly I'm not even old enough to remember his freshman <laughs> season, but this is like a guy like him is exactly what we need uh, as fans of Duke for three to four years to come, and I, I'm excited about that. I'm excited about Trevor Keels, kind of showing that we don't need A.J. Griffin necessarily to start the season off if he isn't ready by the time Kentucky comes around. I think I'm confident this team has the, what it takes to get it done with or without A.J. to start the year. 
Yeah, AC, what about you? Uh, you know, I wanted to ask you about Jeremy Roach and your kind of feelings after watching the countdown. Do you still feel real confident with Jeremy at the helm? Yeah, I do. And it, it was pretty much what we expected. I, what I like to see, and he did it a couple of times, was, again, making the interior and then making the kickouts from there instead of passing the ball around the perimeter. That was the offense last year was dribble it down, pass it to the outside. He never looked comfortable in that system. Because that's, I mean, that's that's amateur basketball, man. But this year we're seeing him in all the highlights, everything, in, you know, multiple times at C- CTC, even in the Nova scrimmage highlights, him making the interior and then getting the kickouts from there. He got some lobs in the uh, blue-white game. He had that nice one to Trevor. Trevor was one for four, by the way, in the first game, two for three in the second game. I uh, just took a peek at it while you were talking. Um, Thank you. Three. But... Uh, <laughs> But um, but no, that, that's I, I love seeing that from Jeremy. And now the next evolution for him is again we've kind of talked about it before. I want to see him with the two point shots. I don't need him to be some spectacular three point shooter. Obviously, he's going to need to be able to keep teams honest from the outside. But him getting to the basket, getting to the backboard is going to be key. And I think he can do it with his athleticism, with the attitude that he has, and I think he's carrying into the season. And that's that's a big thing I want to see from Jeremy more often. And and kind of. Piggybacking off of what Jack just said, any different expectations now for for Blake after watching him play a couple times? Uh, I'm still on the fence about how much playing time he's going to get as a whole for the season, but I'm still, we haven't wavered on his fearlessness. The dude is completely fearless. He takes it to the rack so strong. His jumper, his his jumper, it's a work in progress because his his shooting form is, he's got to work on that some especially yeah. to be able to get it off the dribble and stuff in college against bigger and faster defenders, but you leave him open, he's hitting it. So I, I still don't, I don't see him getting, you know, 15 minutes a game or anything, but there's going to be games. He's going to be in there for a long time, helping us win games, you know, possibly doing the things to win games for us. And towards the end of the season, I think very much not, not to the same degree that Grayson helped out, but he might be one of those guys where you don't see him play a lot in the beginning of the season, but then, Towards the end of the year, he's coming off the bench, really contributing. I'll tell you who, Jack, who really impressed me, both in CTC and in the Nova season scrimmage, Theo John. Oh, yeah. Oh, my God. It's going to be really difficult, even with Mark Williams, to keep Theo off the court. Yeah, totally. I, I agree with that completely. I think we're going to see a lot of big lineups like that with Mark and Theo on the floor at the same time. Yeah, that was... Um, that's if, if any expectation for me changed, I think it might be a little bit more towards the side of Theo getting some more time. That I mean his he's been he's been awesome, man. Like there's no other way to put it. He's been great. Dude, he is a yeah. beast. He's a monster, man. And he's he fixes that problem we had last year of just us being completely dominated by grown men uh, you know throughout the season. Yes. Like yeah. now we have the grown men this year. It's a, it's a big difference. So yeah, no, Theo's been great, man. So you start the game off with Mark Williams and you know let's say he plays, you know, what four or five minutes, and then he's bringing mm-hmm. Theo. How would you like to be the opposing big and have to deal with that back-to-back? Uh, the entire night. Yeah, no, he's going to smack the mustache off Timmy's face, man. <laughs> oh, I can't wait. Uh, oh, poor Chet, too. Poor uh, Chet. Oh, my God. Oh, God, I cannot wait for that. And you already know, you already know Paolo's licking his chops. Oh, for sure. Uh, to, to face off against your boy Chet. So, we got that. Okay. Let's talk about the, the Villanova scrimmage real quick, though. I, I did see a lot of things that I really like. Mm-hmm. Teals, to me, has kind of already shown me what I need to see from him to, to make me think that he's the real deal. 
Uh, I would have liked to have seen, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not trying to be negative, AC, but I would still have liked to see a little bit more from Jeremy Rocha. We did, you and I talked about this offline, that we didn't really, I don't know if it was strategic, that you didn't mm-hmm. see many highlights, but what, what are your thoughts on that? I don't know that he's making highlight plays, quite honestly. I think he's okay. going to be very steady. I think he's going to be doing the things that we need him to do. I mean, we, we saw we saw a couple of passes from the interior, kick out to Joey Baker, kick out the other shooters, kick out the Trevor, and Trevor uh, had a little drive or a little mid-range jumper off of the kick out. That, that's what I want to see. Like, if, if he only averages three assists a game, but he does those types of things for us where he, he makes the interior and, and draws the defense down so that we can move the ball to the outside, that's perfect, man. Like, I don't any I don't need anything else from him. Like like we said, like I, I, wanted, I do. I want to see more two-point shots out of him. I want to see him get into the basket more. But I, I think we saw we saw a jumper out of him, I think, in the Nova scrimmage highlights. We, we saw some stuff. So I'm, I, I didn't see anything from him where I was like, oh, man, I want to see, you know, something better from Jerry or anything else. He, he's doing what I thought he was doing, quite honestly. And, and, Jack, do you believe that the highlights were true, that Michael Savarino is our best three-point shooter? Oh, jeez. Um, <laughs> I'll be honest. <laughs> Savarino getting play, all the walk-ons getting run for both teams. It's a good thing to see. I do not believe Savarino. Obviously, I don't think he's going to be <laughs> – he's not going to be our first option from deep. That belongs to Joey, Keels, uh, maybe even Paolo, honestly. Like – All those guys. I'd have Mark shooting threes, which we we can talk about that from Countdown a little bit. But I'd rather have Mark shooting threes consistently than Savarino because, honestly, as as much as I love the guy, he's he's still a walk-on and the ACC is still the ACC. (laughs) Yeah, so so I want to ask you that. I'll, I'll give you the floor here. Mark Williams, do you see him taking one to two threes a game? I would not say he's going to take one or two threes a game. I will... I think if he takes one or two threes over the course of like a four or five game stretch just at the beginning to just prove he can and will be like willingly take that shot that's one thing whereas if he's putting up shots that are uglier than Ben Simmons jump shot which we've all seen at this point <laughs> let's be real just from the practice reels um that's a different issue I don't want him putting up shots if it's detrimental to the team but we have seen last year we saw he could step out and hit the mid-range jumper he was four for four from the free floor line extended area. Um, yep. And, you know, this year, obviously, a countdown one for one from free throw line extended and beyond with that three point shot, which that threw me <laughs> off so much. I was so happy to see it. But Marquise Bolden was taking threes in the 2018 19 exhibition yes, games. I'm not at all ready to say this is going to happen during the regular season, but if it does and he's hitting them, it's a welcome addition. Well, with that, then, I guess we might as well just go into our player rankings and let's stay with Big Mark, then. What do you got in terms of stat predictions for Mark Williams, AC? The biggest one, I'm, I'm really hoping he's over two blocks a game. That's that's the biggest one I want to see because that mean, what that essentially means is that means our perimeter is funneling guys to the interior, to our interior defenders. And if what they're saying from the Nova scrimmage highlights is true, everything about how Duke's size was incredibly imposing, and and some of the other uh, well, they mentioned that it was uh it was very indefatigable because you had you had guards on the floor and we had lineups at time where it was Mark Theo and Paolo with uh, Paolo playing the three. So if if we can do that and our perimeter can guard enough to funnel the uh, teams down into the and down into the middle with Mark, I'm I'm good with that. So two blocks a game for sure. I think I see him on on the regular somewhere around in between 11 and 13 points a game and somewhere in between 8 and 11 uh, rebounds a game. Yeah, I'm pretty much the same exact thing as you. So, Jack, do you have anything different for, for Mark? 
I feel the same way. I mean, I, I kind of expect like – I don't want to over overstate it, but I kind of – people were comparing at the end of last year to Sheldon Williams. I do not see him putting up Sheldon Williams numbers necessarily. But that like 11 to 13 points per game is about what I expect from him. He's going to be second or third option on offense, I feel like, with Paulo obviously being option number one. AJ and him probably going to be 2-3, no particular order. And then if he's getting – Trevor might be up there too. Trev, oh, Trev will definitely be up there too. I think – I think the nice thing that we have this year, like while I'm thinking about this, is that there is no real other than Paulo, there is no like go to score. The team's so talented all around that anyone can be that second option. But I was think I'm thinking like kinda Sheldon Light type numbers, like eleven to thirteen points, eight eight to nine and a half rebounds per game, and then if he's if it's if he's under two blocks, either he's not playing enough or we got an issue on the perimeter. Yeah, and I can see just you know, what we talked about earlier. Theo could eat up some of those minutes, just and that would be the only thing that would you know kind of take that away from him. And even if he still was only getting twenty minutes a game, I'm talking about Mark. You know, I mean, he's that's he's still absolutely capable of getting two blocks a game in that in that time yeah. frame and somewhere around almost 10, 10 rebounds a game with as efficient as he is. Oh, certainly. The one thing I want to see in terms of improvements, and we saw Nova finally dropped a couple of highlights today, and we saw again his recovery from the perimeter is still it looks a little slow and it looks like he needs to I'm, I'm really hoping that he starts anticipating more so he can get back on defense better in the lane from those little half court sets and things because that was that was a problem a little bit last year last year and that's what I don't want to see this year is teams being able to game plan him out by setting up pick and pops and pick and rolls and slides on him right AC I want to really quickly just say that was very generous of you to call what Villanova put up highlights <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you gotta you gotta feel good when the, when the Duke Blue Planet folks are dropping you know five minute highlight videos on multiple videos, and you get a lot of stuff coming out, and then you have Villanova dropping one one minute video. It was all fundamentals too. Yeah, yeah man, it's a very fundamentally sound team, man. I and mean, that's what Villanova is. Uh, Jay Wright's all all about that. All right, so let's talk let's talk about the captain uh, Wendell Moore. And Jack, what do you caught for for predictions here for for Wendell? So I see Wendell like I'm I'm just gonna continue comparing guys to Duke legends and knowing that <laughs> it's gonna go. be incredibly overstated when I do. There you go. But I see him kind of taking on that like like a less like a Grant Hill light again light type of role where he can be a good he can be a primary or secondary ball handler. He is. Um, he's gonna put the ball in the hoop. He's looking like his three-point jumper is not just a corner shot anymore. He can shoot it from above the break. Saw that a couple times at Countdown. For him, I'm seeing like maybe 12 to 14 a game, maybe six rebounds and three and a half assists is my best guess at what I can say I expect from Wendell this year. Yeah, I think that's pretty accurate. I, you know, I, I, I still can't. I, I expect him to take that jump. I think we all do at this point. We've seen enough. Mm-hmm. I loved what he did in the offseason. I think he'll be right around that 13 and a half to 14 points per game. I do like you. Uh, I like him at five, five and a half rebounds. And I like the three to three and a half assists. I'd be surprised if he doesn't have at least one steal per game. I'd like to see him 85% from the line. I'd like to see him be a guy that, you know, we can really – be that Swiss Army knife that we've been trying to compare him mm-hmm. to Chris Carroll for so long, AC. Yep. 
aging about time for, for him to, to do it. No, absolutely. I think so. And and Jack's, you know, talking about comparing him to Duke Legends, we've talked about comparing him to Chris <laughs> Paywall. I think very, very likely, and I, I, I don't disagree with any of those things you guys are saying, I think very likely the type of season that he has, and I'm hoping it's a little better even than this particular season, but Dante Jones, the year that he was there with Jason Williams, Mike Dunleavy, and Boozer when he was the fourth option, I, very, I can absolutely see Wendell's averaging the 11 points that Dante averaged that season, the four, four and a half rebounds Dante averaged that season, and, you know, right at a steal a game. I can absolutely see Wendell doing that, if not more. Uh, yeah, he, I, no pun intended. Uh, I absolutely think he can do better even than 11 points a game, and I'm, he's certainly going to do better than 23% from three-point yeah. like yeah. Dante was that season. So, you know what I mean? So I, I absolutely and, – and, upping that percentage is going to up his points per game, probably, you know, five to six points a game if he does up that percentage on on what Dante did that season. But the role is there. Be the defensive stopper. Be the glue guy. Be the guy who's hyping everybody up and talking and everything because they talk about how good Wendell's voice is. And that was one of the things they talked about with Dante on that team. And and just be that type of guy. And I absolutely think he can fill that role, no problem at all. Yeah, obviously all the highlights and, and the headlines are going to go to Paolo Mark Williams in our front court is is Wendell a player that can make a first or second team All ACC this year? Uh, if the stats are good enough, yes, and if the team is successful, yes. He's one of those guys where it's not it's not fun and sexy to put him on a team, and you're gonna right. you're gonna have guys who don't deserve it more than him who are gonna make a squad because they are you know Georgia Tech's number one player or something and Georgia Tech has a better season than people expect. You know, they you know the voters always do that stupid stuff where they they put somebody in for nostalgia purposes and you know that's how it goes. But it, it will he be good enough to make one of the all ACC teams? Absolutely. I, I don't see I don't see a reason why he couldn't be. All right. So here we go. Jack had been waiting four weeks for this. Paolo Bancaro, the ACC preseason rookie of the year and player of the year what kind of stats do we got for for our boy Paolo? Paolo's going to be a national player of the year contender. I'm just going to open with that. Like I've I've 100% I've 100% already compared two guys to Duke Legends and tried to fit them into role players, just kind of trying to equate them to pe- what people might remember from back in the day. But this is a guy who you will look back in the future and be like Wow, this guy was incredible. Paulo's going to average around eight. I'm thinking 18.8 points per game, maybe mm-hmm. between seven and eleven rebounds. I'm honestly not sure how many. It's that's a pretty large range, but that's because he's playing next to Mark or Theo mm-hmm. the whole game. That's those are two guys who can pull boards down like crazy, and probably around four assists. I think he's going to run the fast break. He's going to facilitate a lot on the fast break, and we've again already seen he can and will bring the ball up in the half court too. This is a guy who is a freak of nature, who has has an incredibly high basketball IQ for an 18-year-old, and who is going to steal headlines and just be in the national spotlight all year. Well, he's, he's going to dunk on anything that moves, so that's one thing. You're going to get a lot of highlights that are big kind of Duke brand highlights coming mm-hmm. from, from, from oh, yeah. him. Yeah, quickly, um, you know, I got him at 19 points a game. I think he's going to be right around that 7.5 to 8 rebounds. I think his assist will be right around that three to three and a half. I'm hoping that he'll have a steal in there, maybe a half a block a game. But he should be, like you said, he should be in that National Player of the Year conversation the entire season. So, AC, wrap it up here with Paolo. What do you got for, for you know, arguably, you know, to me, he's he's very Jabari Parker-like. And we know the numbers that Jabari put, put up. Yep. What do you got for, for, 
from uh, Paolo. Funny you should say that because guess whose stats I'm looking at right now to copy and paste and put down for Paolo. <laughs> Yeah, there we go. <laughs> it's 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 Jabari Parker. Like number one, Paolo is going to be one of those kids that in the future, you know, we're going, we and other Duke fans are going to be comparing the next big kid to Paolo because that's just who he is and how good he is. And to find a Duke comparison is very difficult for Paolo, but I think Jabari is the closest one. And if you can imagine now Jabari with centers helping him out, that's what you're going to see with Paolo. Like the things we've always talked about. We even had the what if episode. A couple episodes ago, we talked about what if, what if Jabari had a center? Well, here we go. We get to see what would have happened if Jabari had a center, because that's exactly what we're looking at right now with Paolo Bancaro, and maybe even on, on a better scale. He might even be a little more skilled on, you know, on both sides of the court than Jabari was. Okay, so let's get right into this then. Can you tell me why he was not picked for a preseason AP first team All-American? Because he's a freshman. Okay. Bottom line, he's a freshman, and it, not many people like sticking their neck out, putting freshmen on first teams and as players of the year and stuff. And you know, for whatever reason, they want to give you know hats off to you know this is the old sports writers thing. Give the hats off to the old guy, and that's that's how the game used to be played and all that stuff. But anybody who knows basketball knows that Paolo Vancaro is probably the best player, and not probably. I'm, I'm sorry for saying properly, Paolo is the best player in college basketball this year. Hands down, no doubt. And Jack, you and I were talking about this before we before we hit record. He's going to use this. Paolo is going to use this as a huge chip on his shoulder, isn't he? Oh, certainly. This is going to light a fire under him. I hope at least. Um, I mean, didn't he retweet something about it already? Did he? I don't know. I I don't know if I saw that. I can. I mean, he's already. If so, then he's already upset, and I like that because that'll definitely keep him keep him motivated the whole way he has not tweeted something about it no that being said he did tweet uh he did tweet a couple emojis implying that the villanova scrimmage was light work for him Mm -hmm. and i'm sure you guys have seen the stat line that was reported 29 and 12 (laughs) and this is you know don't don't forget don't forget this is against uh preseason first team all-american colin gillespie and villanova (laughs) Uh, I mean, who's boy. that guy from Indiana that got put on over? Oh, that, 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 oh, that, was actually, yes. that, that to me was the biggest one. Who the hell is this guy? That's criminal. The man's career like win-loss record as a player is 16 and 23. Yeah. I yeah. saw this all, online earlier. This man. Yeah, Trace, Trace, Trace Jackson Davis, yeah. yeah. That was, that's again, that's one of those, you know, welcome back nods or whatever. Like, it's not, he's not the worst, he's not a bad player. It's just, you know, he, Please. Like, we know. Right. And we know, y'all. We know. You know, and Casey, you know, you just said, though, like, these writers don't want to stick their neck out, but then they give you hot takes hot like that. Correct. Yeah, I mean, like, like number Colin Gillespie, he missed the entire – like, he missed – he played last season, whatever, missed the back half of the season – not back half, but the last couple of games of the season going into the tournament with that torn MCL or whatever. They're, you know, welcome back, Colin, but, you know, it, fine. Put Jason Bohannon on there instead, man. He's a better player than Colin Gillespie is, but – Still, we know, like we we know, and the rest of the, the rest of the nation will know as well, because I think a lot of people right now are sleeping on Duke, they're sleeping on Paolo, they're sleeping on AJ, they're sleeping on Trevor. There's a lot of people. Right? There's a lot of bullet and board material. I hate to use that term, but there's a lot of that material right now for this. Yeah, and that's, def- that's definitely a good thing. And, and Jack, so we come in to the preseason rankings, rank number nine. Is that too high, too low? Kind of what you expected. It's what I expected, but it's also too low, honestly. Mm-hmm. Duke missed the tournament last year. Duke won the least amount of games they have won in a season since 1995. Like, mm-hmm. 
Duke did not have a Duke season last year. It's Coach K's last year. People are expecting people are expecting too little of Coach K. They're discrediting him. They're discrediting the whole team. This is remember another top recruiting class. This is a just a loaded group of returners featuring a guy who had 23 points and 19 rebounds in the last game last season. This is a team that's very talented and just beat the crap out of the number four supposedly <laughs> team in the country, yeah, yeah. <laughs> which is a, a whole different issue. Nova is just ranked high because recent history. That's my opinion. Um, Duke is ranked in the top 10, which is correct. Duke should be ranked in the top five, in my opinion, and will be by the end of the year. Um, so you've seen that Kentucky is anywhere from 10 to 13 in most rankings. So AC, and it'll basically be a top 10 meeting when we watch them uh, up in, in, in Madison Square Garden. And now the Jack will be there. We got the entire five-point play podcast. We're all, all in the garden. Um, so, so AC... One thing that I wanted to ask you was UCLA. Uh, they, to me, are overrated. You know, they had a nice run, but they were in the first four in, right. you know, that game. And, and I just think that you're, you're putting too much stock into that one run that they, they got really hot. And I think that they're they're due for like, – people are now going to go look at them and get their best shot, which they really haven't been doing in the last 10 years. Yeah, and I don't I don't think that their conference is gonna help them very much either because yeah, the Pac twelve is still a, a lesser conference in basketball, so they're not gonna get huge tests as the season wears on. Are they a good team? Sure they are. Did last season uh Jaime Hawkes and Johnny Juzang go insane in the tournament? Yes, and that's how you get teams that make it all the way through to the final four when you get somebody who just cannot miss a shot. And, you know, Juzang is a good player, he's not that good. He would have been in the league if he was that good. Hawkeyes is not that good. He would have been in the league, especially coming off of that type of season. Guys, you you don't see a team make a run in the Final Four like that with guys playing that way, and then they don't hit the NBA draft. Like that's you. That's you can't tell me that's oh we want to stay for the love of the game type stuff. Those they would have left if they were good enough. You know what I mean? So one of their best players is Peyton Watson. He's a freshman coming in. So you know I mean it's I. I'm not sold. I'm not sold on a lot of these teams that they're putting up there. I'm, I'm, I'm wondering about Baylor. Baylor won last year, but they lost so much. It's like, okay, like where, where are these teams really sitting? So Duke at nine is fine because we didn't prove it last year. That's on us, you know. Chess, Javin, Javin Delorier, chess pat, my bad. And and now we have Duke's best recruiting class in years, and a part of the best high school recruiting class we've seen in decades. And I think that speaks to what we saw with that Nova scrimmage with the seniors getting dominated by these freshmen. And and now people, they're going to have to pay. This is a revenge tour. <laughs> I can feel it in, in, in your voice there. Um, <laughs> I'm mad, man. I can't wait. I can't wait yeah. for all the payback that's coming yeah. up. So, I also got to say, Johnny Juzang, first team All-American as well, and he's arguably not even the best player on that UCLA correct. team. Correct. Absolutely. That, again, that's... You know, hats off. Congratulations for doing what you did at the end of the season. And now you get to to reap the benefits of being put on this meaningless preseason team. And it, it's everyone knows it's all meaningless because it doesn't have Palo on it. Yeah, well, you know, exactly. that's the funny thing. Like every year, Duke, you know, always has somebody, you know, presumably on the first team preseason. And, you know, it's just like, oh, well, that's just because he's, you know, from Duke. And then, you know, if they don't make it at the very end of the year, it's like, oh, it's just another overrated Duke player. Doesn't get, a, get the job done. Well, now you have no two players even mentioned there. 
mm-hmm. and a bunch of guys that are hungry and now have bigger chips on their shoulder than they ever did before. And, you know, AC, you and I were looking on the Duke Blue Brotherhood forums. Uh, those message boards, by the way, they're blowing up with conversations about how Paolo dominated the number 14 Villanova. Mm-hmm. So if, if that, you know, even if those reports are somewhat, you know, jaded, I will say that if, if you're going to get a 29 and 12 against that team in your first real live scrimmage against someone else, look out. Correct. Yeah. No, look, like you said, look out. Like this dude, like seriously, man, it's, get out of it's not an overstatement to say that he's a generational type of talent. He is. Yeah, Chet Holmgren. If, if you know, if his, if him being 115 pounds doesn't keep him, you know, doesn't keep him down. He knows how to play like that. That's a generational type of talent. I can't wait to talk about the Gonzaga, uh, Gonzaga game when we get to it. But I'll oh, save no. it for later. But Paolo, dude, is he, he is just you can't be 6'10 and 250 and do the things he does on the court and people not open their damn eyes and realize what is in front of him, man. Like. This dude is insane, and and people are going to get to see that this year. I can't wait for it. I can't wait to see the reactions. I can't wait till they call him overrated the first couple weeks oh, in the season oh too, because that's going to happen. I can't wait till he throws one down in the garden and just oh. listen to the oohs and ahs that are going to happen. Um, so we'll, we'll, we'll wrap it up with this one, Jack. I saw that that Carolina was running preseason nineteen, and is that really just a testament to how good and how strong AC's boy Armando Bacon is? Oh, oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, honest. My honest opinion of this is, it's good to Gross. see Carolina and Duke both back in the AP poll after neither one being in it after I believe it was like mid December last year. No, it wasn't. It was early January. Regardless, mm-hmm. it's good to see them both back in the poll mm-hmm. after about a three month absence. I, um, much as I hate Carolina, I like the rivalry to be competitive, and it looks like it is going to be competitive this year, which excites me. You know my stance on that. I want them to be terrible every season. <laughs> I mean, I always I root never, for them to I lose. never want them to be good. I always root for them to lose. Don't get me wrong. <laughs> that being said, I really just I like the competitive rivalry games, mm-hmm. especially when we come out on top, which usually happens. All right, so we have uh, a lot of players losing. Twenty-two players in the NBA for Duke. Next play. We've seen the highs with Seth Curry having what was it, twenty-three points in the first quarter last time. Seven from deep. Uh, First of all, Jack, that's your team, right? The Sixers? Yeah, that's my squad. Um, So you got Seth Curry. How do you feel about Doc Rivers, real quick? (laughs) Oh, here we go. Jack, I'm not going to do that to you. I'm not going to do that to you, Jack. (laughs) Hey, hey, that's that's, that's Seth's father in law, man. That's Austin's dad. That's true. Uh, Okay, so Jack, give give our our listeners kind of a rundown of what is going on for Duke in the NBA. Oh, um, lots going on. Like back, go back to the season opener. You saw Grayson Allen with ten points, four rebounds, and six assists out of the two guard spot next to Giannis and uh, ACC uh, first teamer Jordan Nora, who actually has been exploding <laughs> recently. But back to the Duke guys, we've seen Brandon Ingram put up twenty six, twenty eight, and thirty. He was yep. a couple assists and a couple rebounds over triple double the other night with thirty eight and eight. Um, we saw like. Like you said, TK, we saw Seth last night had 23 in the first quarter, finished the game with 28 total. Um, just incredibly impressive. Jason Tatum had 31 last night on the 24th as well. Uh, back to the opening night of the season, Knicks versus Celtics, that incredible game. We saw RJ Barrett. He put up 19 points, five rebounds, six assists, 
and he played incredible defense on Jason Tatum. Tatum was playing at the four, yes, and the Knicks had Randall guarding Jalen Brown because RJ was locking up Tatum that much. And obviously, as a Duke fan, I loved Tatum to death, but RJ held him to seven of thirty shooting. Yep. Yeah, and no secret that's why Jalen Brown went nuts that game because he had Julius Randall guarding him. Exactly, exactly <laughs> that. But RJ, RJ Barrett, his like he game. stepped up. RJ's offense, we know he's going to put up a ton of shots, and mm-hmm. most of them, like a decent amount of them, are going to go in. You know he's going to put up his points. But that defensive leap that we have seen him take so far this season has been huge, and I, I really think he's going to get into that upper like upper level player in the NBA by the end of the next two three years, just based on that. Um, yeah, I just want to I'm see people give him the respect. Him. I just want to see people give him the respect he deserves. He wasn't even listed in the top 100 players, and it's like, come on, man! That's like, a joke. What are we doing, man? What like, a joke. What are we doing? How, how, what are we doing? By the way, how was Kyrie, Grand Hill were not in the top 75 players of all the time? That the, yeah. No Dame Lillard is not uh, all time. Dame Lillard is not better than either of those two Correct. guys. Correct. How example. do you put Anthony Davis there? He hadn't even played enough games to qualify. I don't think. He's hurt every season, man. That's true. Street and now you got the Lakers. You got the Lakers this year tanking to get Paolo. Like that, that <laughs> like that is just yeah, true. <laughs> I mean, that, first of all, can we give a shout out to uh, Cam fan? He had nineteen the other night. Yeah, dude. Yeah, I completely forgot on. to even mention Cam. Cam's yeah. averaging almost twenty. He just hit a deep buzzer beater like a few minutes ago. I saw someone texted me. He hit mm-hmm. a deep buzzer beater just a couple minutes ago to end the first quarter for the Hawks. That's clutch. Ah, they're giving him the green light. He's going to be a most improved player candidate this year. Yeah. That's Absolutely. my guess. Absolutely. Those those Absolutely. three Duke boys that got picked in the top ten. If Zion, when Zion comes back, like if he comes back and doesn't hasn't missed a beat, he averaged twenty seven last year. We're yeah. going to have really good uh, good look with those twenty nineteen draftees. Oh, yeah. AC, so Zion three hundred pounds or not? <laughs> no, he's, I don't. I don't. I don't believe that for one second. Do I think he's probably out of shape? Sure. You see a lot of guys, especially guys with injury risk or injury history, they don't even have like an off-season conditioning program for some of those guys because they don't want them to come out into the season with stress fractures. This is an eighty-two game season; they got to worry about. So Zion's going to get in shape probably somewhere by December and January, and he's going to dominate the second half of the season like he's done for now for what three years now? So or two years? Sorry. So it's you know it's. I, no, I, I don't. I don't believe that one. I mean, second. so if you got Joey three piece, Zion has to be like the Zion family piece, right? <laughs> oh gosh, yeah, they, they do. They do have a lot of Popeyes down there, and, uh, and Nola. But it's all that food. Nah, it's all that beautiful Louisiana <laughs> right, right, cooking. Right. Yeah, man, the crayfish ain't too fat. <laughs> now, I gotta say about Zion though, that whole thing. The man was listed two eighty five at Duke, but he said multiple times that year that his playing weight was closer to two seventy. Oh yeah, yeah. I don't believe for a minute he's even close to two ninety. So no. of all the, of all the Duke guys in the NBA right now, who is Duke using the most? Would you say in recruiting AC to, to kind of be like, hey, this is what we're what we're, we're doing? Is it is it Tatum? Is it is it Brandon Ingram? Is it Zion? Is it all of them? Like you know, who who do they, do they Duke uses in recruiting when they point to the NBA guys? I think the position matters for sure because, I mean, you, you know, you don't need to necessarily point point design if you're trying to recruit a point guard or something. But I, I, I think the guy you hear most of our, like, top one and dones talk about is Jason yeah. Tatum. That's the guy you hear you hear most often, and, and deservedly so. The dude has worked his way into possibly a top 10 NBA player. And just his his work has been incredible, man. The, the, the way he's learned to shoot the ball, that was a big thing coming out of Duke. They were like, he can't shoot. 
And then I remember they released that summer before the draft, a video of him knocking down threes because he had been working with uh, Drew, what's his name, Drew Hanlon or whatever. Um, the guy's been working yeah. with RJ as well. So it's like, it was, it was like, okay, he's been working on it, but then you actually see him, It's you see it come to fruition in the playoffs as a rookie in the playoffs, he's leading his team. And it's like, okay, all right, here comes, here, here, here comes the Jason Tatum we know. So yeah, I think it's, I think it's Tatum. Yeah, and Jack, yeah, yeah go ahead. I talked when I talked to Cam uh, back when he was in high school. Like I asked him about this, I was like, "Hey, Cam, like who who really like what players at Duke do you really think are like some of your favorites? A guy you'd like to play with, past, present, um, and like who do you think drew you to Duke the most when it comes to guys?" And he said it was Jason Tatum. That's like he talked to Jason Tatum a lot before he committed, and Coach mm-hmm. K always liked to bring him up. Um, I, I also agree with you, AC. It's it's positional. Like you're not going to talk about Tatum with a point guard. You can talk about like Kyrie uh, historically because mm-hmm. you know he's he's been the best active player out of Duke until Tatum potentially has surpassed him. But like indisputably for like five six years there it was Kyrie. You look at a big man, yep. you're going to go a little you can go a little bit of a different route like a Zion maybe. But I think it's mm-hmm. it's those three. It's Zion, Tatum, Kyrie are the three that you're going to hear the most. Uh, as guys that Kay's going to use in the recruiting trail. Yeah, and, and AC, yep. what are the chances that Zion ends up leaving New Orleans and goes to the Knicks to join up with RJ? I mean, I really hope so. I want, I want I'm, as, I'm a Knicks, as a Knicks fan, I, I want that to happen. I want Julius Randle out as fast as possible, and let's just do a flop. Let's just do a flip-flop. Switch Zion for Julius. Let's do, let's make that happen so somehow. Let's you go. think Julius let's is going to willingly go back to New Orleans? <laughs> no, there's no way. <laughs> there's no way he's not going. He's not going to have a choice. Though. <laughs> don't give him an option. I honestly, I feel like I don't know, man. I feel like Zion might not necessarily go to the Knicks. I I know at the end when it's all said and done, him and RJ are going to play together somewhere for a couple years at least. Yeah, but... see, you need Zion in the Garden. Oh, of course. Yeah, yeah. it was so fun when Absolutely. I got to see him play in the Garden a few years ago. Uh, yeah, we need to make that happen. So, somebody start making some calls. All right. So we got a lot of stuff going on in the NBA, obviously. And one thing, before we get to the Winston-Salem State game coming up on Saturday at 1.30, AC, I did want to ask, uh, is there any new news with uh, AJ? I'm, I wanna, I'm going to put it on the podcast. I'll be the first to do it. I don't care what anybody else says. And, and, if, uh, I'm, and if I'm wrong, you know what? If I'm wrong, so be it. This is how those things work. But I am absolutely putting out in the world that – there's a chance we see AJ play in the exhibition, and I we definitely will be seeing AJ play against Kentucky. Oh, we got the Put AC bomb. We go. got the AC bomb. Drop it. Drop it. Cue up the music. This is what, this is why people listen to the podcast. Hey, hey I, like, I, I think that you might be right, though. I, I don't know that we'll see him Saturday, but I definitely believe, and if you would have asked me this a week ago, I would have said no chance. I do believe we're going to see him in, in uh, Madison Square Garden. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I yep. I agree. And, and usually in these types of situations, I would say that if he didn't play in the exhibition, he won't play against Kentucky. Okay. But it's still the game is still like a week and a half after that game, so it's like there's still plenty of time for him to to work in. He, and it's not yeah. like he's not in game shape because he's been doing the conditioning all summer. So I'm yeah, this is very. I, I compared it to Tatum before. I thought that maybe they were going to keep him out longer, but this seems a little bit more like when Cam and Trey missed the uh, the the games in Canada. You know what I mean? So. It's kind of on that same timetable, so I'm 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 with it. AJ's playing. He's playing against Kentucky. Do fans rejoice? Wow. Okay, so we gotta do our first uh, predictions here. Let's play. Jack, I'll start with you. Winston Salem State. I know you're a big fan of the of uh, the Rams. 
I think I see it, all right? I think yep, yep. I'm just looking at the mask on picture here on GoTooth.com. So, okay, so Winston-Salem State, um, obviously I have absolutely no idea who they are. <laughs> Give us a score prediction. Duke a lot, Winston-Salem State, not that much. <laughs> I'm not going to lie. Look, this is a team where we don't really know anything because this is a D2 squad we're talking about. I mean, they used to be D1. I remember yeah. being matched up with them a lot early season when I was like a kid and I would play college hoops 2K8. I remember yes, like the random scheduling. Yes, I would give my like dynasty mode. Winston-Salem State is an early season game back when I was a kid and I was playing that game. It's uh, So they used to be D1. They're down in D2 now. I know next to nothing about the school. It's in Winston-Salem, obviously. Um, but like this is honestly like – some high D two teams can compete can compete with low level D one teams. That's that's just that's a given. Honestly, there are some winless D one teams. There are some really 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 good D two teams that have had guys turn pro. That being said, Duke is not a low level D one team, and I expect them to win by thirty or more. And if they don't, there's a problem. If you'll recall, a couple of years ago they took the defending national D two champions and beat them by almost a hundred. So it's gonna be. It's going to be good. I'm excited to see the team play um, in an actual game setting that is open to the public where the crazies are going to be out in full force. And, I mean, hopefully it's it's like the games, the, the uh, exhibition games from 2018-19 as opposed to 2019-20 where they actually had to, like, stay competitive. Yeah, okay. So I think that basically AC, with my limited knowledge here of Winston-Salem State, I'm going to give Duke... 111 and Winston-Salem. Yeah, I think that's, I think that's fair. Honestly, they're like, they're, they're these two squad. We didn't do the, the D2 champion this year. We, instead of doing that, we did the, the scrimmage against Villanova. I'm totally cool with that. I'd actually prefer that than to do the, uh, the yeah, other, I agree. Uh, a couple of years ago when, when the Zion team played fair state, they beat them 132 to 48. I think this is going to be something very similar. I think we're gonna we're gonna stomp Winston Salem State as we should. I want to see, I want to see the different things. I want to see some of the different lineup combinations PK puts out there. I'd love to see if he does go with Theo, Mark, and Paolo on the floor at the same time as he supposedly did during the scrimmage. I want to see, you know, I want to yeah. see Jeremy do some of the things that I want to see him do, and I think the rest of Duke fans want to see him do, which is facilitate the offense, get to the rim. You know, let, let's see what the offense looks like with the high low with Mark and Paolo. Winston Salem State does have a couple of bigs, so they'll you know they're not a totally small lineup where we're going to have to play a guard oriented team. So we will get to kind of see what this team looks like against a normal squad a little bit. So yeah, no, I, I want to see some of those things. And so give me a give me a realistic uh, percentage of AJ playing on Saturday. If he plays in the exhibition, then I I. Wouldn't doubt we see maybe maybe ten minutes, ten to fifteen minutes of AJ. I don't think we see too much. I think it's one of those let's test it out and see type of things, especially in a game like that. Winston Salem State's not going to come out there trying to you know trying to hurt anybody. They're going to be playing competitive. It's going to be a competitive game or whatever for you know for what it is. So it's not one of those cases where he's going to go out there and you know and get murdered or something. So I think you might see him for a few minutes, test it out. How do you feel, son? All right, cool. We're good for Kentucky. The Cameron Crazies were back and forth first. They're back, and and I I, I anticipate fully that they're going to be rocking on Saturday. That's that's the that's going to be the funnest part is to see them back for a real game like it was fun seeing them back for ctc and now we get to see them back for a real game and i think that's going to be that the the joy on the players faces i'm, I'm sure will be you know they, they won't be able to contain it a little bit in the beginning there 
Yeah, well, you know, the first time that, you know, Powell throws one down, look out. Oh, I can't wait to hear that, yeah. <laughs> it's still criminal, dude, that Jalen Johnson didn't get that dunk against Clemson in front of the crazy Yeah, Yeah, that, that is, that's true. Uh, <laughs> that sucks oh, so yeah. bad. I mean, that was, oh, that was a God. crazy dunk. That's that an really all-timer, is. man. That's an all-timer. It's always against Clemson, too. <laughs> yes, sir. <laughs> Yes, sir. <laughs> yeah, but poor, yeah. poor Clemson, you know, had the Zion three sixty just right in their grill from a guy that they, they thought was going to go there, <laughs> and then you have Jalen Johnson, you know, in a horrible Duke team, just stuffing right there. Oh God, poor kid. Um, <laughs> so there we go. There we have it. Got a lot to, to talk about now, and we'll be back next week with a full recap of the Winston-Salem Rams State, whatever the hell they are. We're going we're gonna to give it to you. But here we go. Bonnelly basketball is back, and Duke basketball is ready to roll. Go Duke. Go Duke. Let's go Duke. Thank you for tuning in to the Five Point Play Podcast, the number one Duke fans podcast. Check us out at Instagram at Five Point Play Podcast. That's the number Five Point Play Podcast. And on Twitter, Five Point Play Podcast. Go Duke!